Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, so when you got started, what was the biggest mistake you made in the beginning? Oh, boy. I I made so many of them, and uh, it's funny. I just put out a blog post about what I consider to be my biggest mistake. Um, So I guess I'll talk about that one. But there's actually an entire chapter in my book titled The Top Mistakes I've Made in Aquaponics because I've made them all. Um, Probably the worst mistake I ever made was while I was still working on AeroGrow, I went down to check on the system before I left for work and I said, Oh, the water's a little low but I just need you know, I just need to top it up so I'm not gonna worry about chlorine. I'm just gonna stick the hose in and just let it run for a few minutes. Then right. I got distracted. And then I went uh-huh. to work. And oh, my yeah. son called me. My my poor son managed to discover all my disasters, you know. <laughs> so he calls me at work and he says, Uh, Mom was the hose supposed to have been running all day? And uh, it ends up I completely flushed my system with chlorinated water. And I lost a bunch of fish. I lost all my bacteria. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. So that was definitely a big mistake. Right, right. Yeah, you know, in the the interview we did with uh, with Nate's story, he said the same thing. He said one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just take their tap water and they just put it in their system and it just kills off all of your all the things that you need to grow your plants yeah and i think you know i i do think that you can add a little bit of chlorinated water for sure i mean that'll that'll get dissipated and and all that so if it's less than 10 percent say you know it's not a big deal but uh, over the past few years we've had several customers call and say oh my god i just did what you did what do i do now yeah. and uh, that's actually why i wrote the blog post to say look here's the steps that you need to take if you make this major mistake but um the main thing is don't make that mistake yeah <laughs> And did yeah. did you flood your basement at the same time? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got back, and the the fish tank was at maximum height, and the poor fish were swimming in sixty degree water, and you know there was not a nutrient left anywhere, right? Because the whole thing had just been flushed right out. So uh, yeah, that was bad. But, um, you know, I've definitely made a lot of other mistakes. I've overstocked my system. I haven't paid enough attention to bugs in the past. Um, you know, done done a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. So on the on the flip side, what, you know, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned while doing aquaponics? You know, I think the thing that I've really learned, and this is this is coming out of a hydroponic world and a, a world where I ran a grow lab, is that aquaponic systems really are truly ecosystems, and sometimes they're just best left alone. So, you know, the, the thing that I've really learned is that you need to really question any time that you want to fuss with your system because you could be doing more harm than good. Chances are you probably are. So when, especially when it comes to the fish and the water systems. You know, with plants, eh, especially when you get into a, an insect or a, a bad bug situation, 
taking early steps is is really necessary. But with the fish, you know, I, I at the beginning, I certainly worried a lot about pH, and I worried a lot about nutrient levels and, and ammonia, nitrates, and all that. Um, certainly, you should be concerned about these things, but sometimes you don't need to take steps right away. Sometimes just understanding how the system works and then stepping back and saying, well, you know, my pH is high now, but I know it's going to start coming down. Or I know that, frankly, the bacteria like a high pH, a higher pH situation. So if I'm cycling, maybe that's okay. Um, so the, the notion of sort of sitting on your hands has been a really good lesson. Yeah, totally, totally. So, um you know what what made you want to switch from just being a a uh you know like a practitioner to being a, a real educator I really loved your course your book is a number one best selling book on Amazon and aquaponics and you know what made you want to make that switch to start to start educating people um you know, it's interesting, R.K., that the summer after I, I learned about aquaponics and was bitten by the bug and, and became an addict, I, I really spent the whole summer doing research and soul-searching, and I deeply considered starting an aquaponic farm. Mm -hmm. and growing produce and, and being a practitioner um, as, as a profession. And it finally came down to sort of understanding myself and, and what I'm good at and what I'm motivated by and what I'm not good at and what I'm not motivated by. And ultimately, I decided that I, I am not a farmer. I think it takes a very special person to be a farmer. Um, farming jobs are 24/7. The buck stops there. You can't, you know, you you can't. It's really hard to get away for a weekend. Um, and it's there's, you know, it's it's there. It's ever present all the time. And I have the greatest admiration for people that do that for a living. Um, but it's just not me. Where I, where my experience is and where my passion is, is in home-based gardening systems. That's what really turns me on. And I love the notion of taking aquaponics and bringing it to homes and schools around the country. That, that really fires me up. So, you know, I love this technology, and what I decided after that summer was that I really wanted to apply my experience and what, what gets me excited, and that is bringing aquaponics to other people's homes. Right. And, you know, that's what I, I loved about that. I, I, I did read that blog post you did about why you chose to do, you know, keep it in your backyard rather than going commercial and, um, yeah. You know, I love I love your training course just because it it really is a complete training course. You know, for a beginner who wants to just start something in their backyard. So, if I could, if I could ask you a few questions about that, you know, like what should a beginner do to get started? Oh man, I'm glad you asked that, and thank you for saying those kind words about my online course. It's uh, it, it's really been a lot of fun. Oh um, yeah. The uh, 
what what should a beginner do? I you know, boy, uh, speaking of the online course, I'm a big believer obviously because I've produced a book and I've produced an online course in getting education up front. When I first started doing this, there really weren't any resources out there beyond the forums. Um, and that was not not all that long ago, but a lot's been developed since then. And there's a lot of information out there on the Internet, a lot of discussions going on in forums, um, certainly my own community site, um, which which just exceeded 10,000 members last week, which was a pretty yeah, big I saw that. For us. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So there's there's just tremendous conversations going on and a lot of great information. But I firmly believe in getting a foundation in the basics first. So, you know, understand the basics and, and get sort of some, some rules of thumb under you and then go out into the, the conversations around, around iron and around how to handle insects and lots of supplementary things. But the whole reason why I wrote the book really was because I found it so frustrating when I was trying to gather information because I'd have one person telling me, well, you can grow a pound of fish to every gallon of water, and then somebody else saying, no, 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 you can grow a pound of fish to every 10 gallons of water. And it's like, Ooh. well, who the heck do you believe, right? Right, So yeah, exactly. you've got to find a set of information that sort of explains it all to you in a step-by-step -step fashion so that then you've got that grounding and you've got the confidence to be able to stand back and let nature take its course when it's appropriate to do so and step in when when you need to step in and you have the the experience and the tools to be able to set up a system that's going to be balanced and is going to work well for you and not have problems. Right. So that I guess that's really my biggest piece of advice is you know Please don't just rely on doing a Google search on aquaponics and, you know, whatever the first thing that comes up um, isn't necessarily always the best. Right, right. Well, for for home system, what do you recommend for fish to gallons of water? Well, here's the thing. There's There's a big difference between a raft system that has – front-end um, solids filtration, like a, a Dr. Ricosi system out of the University of the Virgin Islands, which can handle up to a pound of fish to every two gallons of water, but it also has a lot of maintenance and a lot of expense to it, versus a media-based system, which I think is just far more appropriate for homes and schools, where all the solid waste is being thrown into the grow beds. Mm. When your solid waste is being thrown into the grow beds, it's a great way to grow because you get, you get really wonderful nutrition in those grow beds. There's, there's a lot going on in there. And nothing's leaving your system. So right. you're not you're not removing solid waste from the system, which you know always kind of bugged me. Um, <laughs> so with that kind of system, though, you can't push 
the the uh, stocking density as high as you can if you were if you were doing extra filtration and removing the solid waste. So with right. with the kind of system that we do with the media based system, um, we have I recommend a pound of fish to every five to ten gallons of water. And right. if you're just starting out and you don't have a really strong bacteria colony, then I would say a fish to every five to ten gallons of water. You know, the right. the little guys, think of them that yeah. way. Um, <laughs> you know, little guys still produce a lot of um, a lot of waste. Um, yeah. They actually, <laughs> per their body weight, will produce about seven times as much weight as a big fish. They're just wow. little. Yeah. You know, they, they wow. eat seven percent of their body weight, up to seven percent of their body weight a day versus an adult fish that'll eat one percent of its body weight a day. So um anyway, so that's that's the rule of thumb that I kind of work with is uh about a pound of fish to every five to ten gallons of water. And you know, um you know, I, I know that the process goes ammonia to nitrites, then to nitrates. And so mm -hmm. is does the plant only need nitrates to grow? You know, I, I had someone ask me this the other day, like, um, I said, oh, no, the, the fish, they create this, and it creates a bacteria that turns into nitrates, and the plants eat the nitrates. But is is the, nit is the nitrate all that the plant needs to grow, or is there other sort of micronutrients? Do you need to add anything else? Plants need 16 micro and macronutrients at a minimum. And mm. scientists are actually really discovering that there's a whole lot more sort of micronutrient fungi biome stuff going on there. But what what any standard plant physiology textbook will tell you is plants need 16 micro and macronutrients, three of which they're going to get out of water and air. Mm -hmm. And that's oxygen and carbon and hydrogen. So then they they've got their macronutrients, which is things that they use a lot of. Nitrogen is one of them, but only one of them. So now at this point, there's 12 more, right, that we haven't mm -hmm. accounted for. But, the, and that was why I was so skeptical about aquaponics in the first place, frankly, because of that very same question that you just asked. Well, plants can't just live on nitrates, but they uh -huh. don't, because the fish waste actually contains all the other stuff. So oh, between the solid waste and the the waste that the ammonia based waste that comes mostly out of their respiratory system, um, the plants do end up getting all the other nutrients. Now there are three nutrients that aquaponic systems are routinely deficient in, and that is potassium, calcium, and iron. Mm -hmm. But we use potassium and calcium to raise and buffer pH. Right. So as your pH starts going down, which it will in a healthy aquaponic system, you raise it up using a potassium compound and a calcium compound, adding those things into your system, and, and everybody's happy. With iron, it really depends on, A, the, the inputs, the type of feed you're giving your fish, and B, how much your plants are pulling iron out of the system. 
So if you're growing a lot of plants that don't require a lot of iron, you may never see iron deficiency. I didn't see iron deficiency for my first year of growing, right? Because it just depends on the plants. But if you've got a plant that pulls a ton of iron out and that's the mainstay of what you're growing, then you're going to have to supplement with iron on a regular basis as well. But other than that, all the rest of the stuff, you know, selenium, molybdenum, boron, all these other crazy uh, micronutrients that the plants need actually come from the fish waste. And that's assuming, by the way, that you're feeding your fish a good, healthy, balanced diet, which is another soapbox that that I love to get on (laughs) if you have time. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go go ahead if you want to go go for it. I have all the time in the world. <laughs> You're gonna let me get on my soapbox. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because it's aquaponics is such a wonderfully sustainable practice, and uh, that it attracts it it attracts a wide variety of people. Actually, um, I I always find it so interesting that when people ask us about our market, I tell them that it's it's on both sides of the political spectrum and everywhere in between. But mm-hmm. part of that what really attracts a lot of people to aquaponics is its sustainability. And they they try to carry that all the way to the feed that their fish are being given and try to grow the feed in the system that's going to be feeding the fish. Right. But the problem with that is, I mean, it's great for a supplement. If you want to grow duckweed and black soldier fly and all that, you know, great, go for it all day long. It's a wonderful supplement to your feed. But you've got to understand that, A, what you're feeding those fish is, you know, those those fish are in your care, right? You're mm-hmm. you're responsible for those animals' welfare, and you want to raise them as close to their sort of natural diet as possible. And there have been decades of studies by aquaculture academics to figure out what that diet is. And so just feeding an omnivorous animal a lifetime of duckweed is is kind of torturing the animal. So will will they survive? (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, they'll probably survive, but they're not going to be incredibly healthy because you're giving an omnivore one thing for its whole life. Right. The other problem is that, you know, what is it that's feeding our plants? it's the output from the fish, right? So the fish, in one way of thinking about the fish in an aquaponic system is that they're just a big old processing plant where they're taking this fish feed and putting it into a form that's available to the plants. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really the quality of the fish feed that's going to give the quality of the nutrition to your plants. So for both those reasons, I just always recommend that people... You know, look at growing their own food, and and by all means, please do, but look at that as a supplement where you're also giving the fish a professionally formulated feed. Right, totally. So there you go. I'll climb back down off my soapbox now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so this is is one of the things that I I misunderstood when when I first started. The the plants don't actually – eat the solid waste. Is that correct? Because it seems like, you know, I, I hear all over and over again, right. you want to keep the solids off of your roots. You know, you don't want to get the solid buildup on your roots. And so it, it seems like plants eat the liquid form. So how does it get 
you know, in a meat bed, how does it get, you know, changed from solid waste to plant food? Yeah, and that's a really good point because, again, in a deep water culture system, you can't have the solid waste in there because it coats the roots of the plants and asphyxiates them. Mm-hmm. Um, so plants actually don't um, – let me, let me step back. The way that plants take up nutrients is it actually has to be in a mineralized form. So this was the challenge back when I was at AeroGrow trying to figure out that organic nutrient because there are the way that, that animal waste is mineralized in nature is through bacteria and through fungus Mm -hmm. and through worms and through all the yummy stuff that happens in the soil, right? Well, all that's absent in a sterile hydroponic system. So I can take hydroponic nutrients, you know, I can take animal waste and throw it up against a root system all day long and the plant's going to starve. So Mm -hmm. it's it's really that bacteria and the worms and the fungi and, and all of that that's breaking down the animal waste, and making it available to the plants. The reason why hydroponic nutrients work is because they're already in mineralized form. They are a mineral-based nutrient. So they just, you put it in the water and wham, it's directly available to the plants. But organic nutrients have to undergo a conversion before the plants can actually use them. Right. And so so in, a, in a media bed, back to your question, you know, there's there's all sorts of biological activity going on in a media bed. It's it's very similar to organic soil in that sense. So uh, you got worms breaking stuff down, and bacteria, and fungus, and God only knows what's happening in there. But lots of stuff. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, so just moving moving back to the beginner question, is there you know a you know, a certain type of plant that you recommend a beginner start with who just has a new system, um, yeah. that, you know, to grow easily. Yeah, for sure, especially when you're working with media-based systems and you're working on sort of building up the, um, you know, the, the biological activity in your beds. What that means is that, you know, the bacteria is the engine that's converting the fish waste into plant nutrients. So when you don't have a lot of bacteria at the beginning, you don't have a lot of nutrition for the plants. So you want to grow plants that don't require a lot of nutrition. So that's usually, you know, the first thing that everybody thinks of is lettuce, Mm -hmm. um, your greens, your herbs, things that aren't fruiting, Fruiting plants are at the other end of the spectrum. So fruiting plants um, do require a lot more nutrition, and they require um, more potassium and phosphorus and things that are going to sort of come later on after a few months of your system's life. So I really recommend that people just start with lettuce and greens and then graduate to the fruiting plants after a few months. Right, right. Well, great. And then do you have a, you know, a re- recommendation for a, like a minimum system size that you re- recommend people start with, like a size of fish tank and and uh, and grow bed, et cetera? You know, there's there's definitely some thinking that 
the bigger systems, I know I've heard it said that um, 200 gallon and up is the easiest way to go, and it probably is, but that doesn't mean that smaller systems can't also be real successful. So the first question that I would ask, if, if, I, if you were a customer on the phone and you would just ask me that question, I would ask, ask you back, what, what are the goals? of what you're trying to do with this system. Because there's a lot of people out there that, for example, have aquariums, you know, 10 and 20 gallon aquariums that they just think would be really fun to be growing plants in their, the, the filtration system for their aquarium, right? right. And there, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, that's great. Aquaponics is a technique, you know, that, that can be applied to any size system. So I think if you were to tell me, if I asked you that question, that you wanted to grow fish to eat, I'd say you should probably look at over 100 gallons for that. Right, uh, right. Because, you know, you start getting fish up to 12 inches, and they're mighty uncomfortable in those tighter spaces, right? But right. it's it's perfectly, lots of people are doing aquaponics using aquariums now. And I know that there's some some smaller... Uh, kitchen countertop arrow grow type systems that are coming out now too um, yeah. that I'm really excited about. You know, there's there's the back to the roots system that's coming out um, yeah. that I think is going to be great because it's going to get lots more people involved in aquaponics. Um, so you know, it's I don't I don't like to think that sort of space limitations or having a greenhouse or having the ability to have a a 200 gallon size tank especially if you're in a climate like we are in Colorado um mm -hmm. you know it can be really limiting um just because we've got to deal with winter out here um so right. i think you can do aquaponics really at any size it's just you just can't do the big edible fish at a real small size right right and then you you recommend in your training course try try to go like a one to one ratio, right? One gallon of fish tank to one gallon of grow bed. Um, well, that's a way to go. I I don't know yeah. that I recommend that necessarily. That is one way to go. So you you can do that. If you do that, then you've got probably got proper filtration of your solid waste. If you're going with that one pound of fish to every five to ten gallons of water, then mm -hmm. that, that works really well with the amount of filtration you would have in a one-to-one -one ratio type system. But you can go all the way out to, say, a one-to-three um, fish tank to grow bed size. But as soon as you get past one-to-one, -one, now i got to introduce you to a sump tank. Right. Because right. now, otherwise, all the water is going to be pulled out of your fish tank and your fish are going to be swimming on their sides if you try <laughs> to, you know, start adding on grow beds from there, right? So, but that's not a problem. I mean, now you just have a sump tank. All your water comes and goes from the sump tank. The water level rises and falls in the sump tank. And uh, you just keep adding grow beds. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, you know, I think that is... You know, all the questions I had for a for a beginner to get started in aquaponics, and you know, right. um, what's what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Oh, they can just write me at my email address. It's Sylvia at theaquaponicsource dot com. You can and find us on again, our website or uh, the community site. 
all those places are good places yeah. to find me. And again, I, you know, I can't recommend more if you're just getting started. Sylvia's uh, course on aquaponics is is you know from start to finish. I loved it. You even did a did a video on how to take your fish and how to clean them up so you can cook them. And you know, <laughs> really, every you know, I loved it. Really went from it really went from beginning to end. Everything you need to know to get you know your you know, your family eating some good fresh vegetables and some good fish. And so, you know, couldn't recommend a course more. And, and then the forum is, um, you know, I, I always type in aquaponicscommunity.com and it just redirects right to the forum. But go get in the forum, have a lot of genius people who know a lot, and you can go ask your questions and someone will pretty much yeah. always answer it. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's a really great place and just a lot of really amazing aquaponics people out there. So yeah, very lucky to have a community like that. You know, ten ten years ago, those those kind of things didn't even exist, and it's just hard to imagine that aquaponics could be where it is today with the front of community and people generously contributing their time and their I know, and ten thousand members. You know, there's a lot of other people out there who are who are going through the same problems we are. You know, right, right. You're not alone. We're all making dumb mistakes together. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sylvia, I, I really want to thank you for your time. It's been a, it's been a huge blessing. You answered a lot of questions that I had, so I really appreciate it. Right. Well, thank you for thanking me, okay, and have a great weekend. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review or go to www.aquaponicsforeveryone.com or like us at facebook.com slash aquaponicsforeveryone.